everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Once Upon Your Phrase. I'm your host, Jason. And your other host, Lisa. And before we get started, just a reminder, if you're not already, follow us on Instagram at Once Upon a Phrase. And don't forget after you listen today to rate, review, and subscribe to keep up with our weekly content. And I would be amiss if I didn't point everybody in the right direction by advising that they go and hit up LT Elite for all their tax, accounting, and financial consultant needs. You can do that online at ltelite-cpa.com or give them a call 773-481-2401. Even if you're not in the Chicagoland area, they can handle just about anything. And if you mention the podcast's name, you'll get 10% off. All right, so let's jump right into it. Today's episode is near and dear to my heart. Even though the last episode was about love, this is what we all love. I would say this is something that I love even more than love, even though I love you, honey. I would say I love this more than any episode we've done. I love this more than love, more than food, more than animals. Ooh, I don't know about food. But for all of our listeners, our episode today is about sleep. Yes, everybody loves sleep. So Lisa, kick us off. What are we talking about today? All right, our first once upon a phrase is getting up on the wrong side of the bed. How familiar are you with this one? Familiar enough to know that I hate this phrase. (laughs) Absolutely hate it. To explain it to the audience before I go off on a rant. All right, so for all of our listeners, if you're unfamiliar with this phrase, it's referring to being in a bad mood. You want to go any deeper or should I rant for now? You can go ahead and rant. Tell All our right. listeners why you hate this phrase so, so much. So, this phrase is nonsense and BS. I absolutely uh-uh. hate when people try to blame their actions on weird stuff like this. Like, oh, I'm in a bad mood. It was a full moon. Or I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. Or Jupiter isn't aligned with Saturn. Or some crap <laughs> like that. Look, be a grown-up, okay? Be in a bad mood. And that's okay. Don't blame it on crap like this. So for all of our listeners, a little bit of information about Jason. He's a very logical and straightforward person. So whenever there's a slight inkling of an issue, his first instinct is be logical about it. How can we solve it? So anything that's not a straightforward black and white situation like is I not his thing. I got up on the wrong side of the bed. Out of here with that nonsense. <laughs> so where does nonsense come from? So this nonsense, um, like our other phrases, this dates back to ancient Rome. So during the time in ancient Rome, they were very superstitious. So they felt that if you got off with left foot forward, that you would be unlucky. Wait, I got to stop you right here. These are the same people that we credit for inventing things like the aqueducts and I mean, the Romans, I, I, the Romans invented cement and roads, and and this is the stuff they're hawking. Like they did so much great for this world, and they thought you were unlucky if you got off with the left foot. Yeah, so if you got off on the left side of the bed, you were unlucky. You were set to have a bad day. Just kind of setting things off in the bad, in, the, in a bad way. The superstition stuff always gets me. I never understood how people could be superstitious. I'm sure we've got some listeners out there that are superstitious about things, but anything rooted in superstition always, especially from 
a civilization like the ancient Romans who did so much and were great scientists and mathematicians and engineers and inventors. It always gets me how they could believe in superstitions. Well, I feel that it goes back to is that, you know, in the ancient times, they didn't have the science that we have now figured out to understand why certain things occur and the reason behind things. So just like the Greeks said, they have to figure out a way to explain something or justify it. And I feel like this was their way of justifying, well, that's why I'm in a bad mood, because I got up on the wrong side of the bed. Maybe. I wonder if it is in any way related to just, like, not getting enough sleep. Like Maybe that's what it means or something. I mean, I could definitely say if I don't get my full eight hours or, in our son's case, his 12 hours, definitely not in a good mood. I know that sounds like a joke, but if he sleeps, like, one minute under 12 hours, he is crabby. Yeah. So it... So the Romans thought that getting out on the right side put you in contact with the positive force. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm going to give them a pass here because all the other stuff they did right. But Well, have you ever seen in movies or I've seen in TV shows where when they're cooking, sometimes they throw salt over their shoulder? Yeah, they do that. Um, I've seen that. They throw it over their left shoulder. Their left shoulder is technically supposed to be like the sinister or the devil sits, right? Oh, with that, the angel and devil yes. shoulder So the thing. left side is where you're throwing the salt over to kind of... What if you've got two devils? I think I have two devils. And then I think you have to throw it over both sides? Just don't do it in my kitchen because I'm not cleaning up salt off the say, floor. How upset would you be if you came in and saw me throwing salt all over your kitchen? You can go ahead and do that while you're grilling outside when it gets warmer. Hopefully soon enough we'll be popping that grill open, but uh, until then, please don't throw salt over your shoulder in my house. On that note, um, we recently just discovered they make a salt, like, bug gun. You load it up with salt, and you get to shoot, like, flies or other insects in your house. Um, it's it's kind of pricey, but it's also awesome, but it leaves salt all over your kitchen. Yeah, hence why we don't own one, you know? Yes. All right. All right, so take us away. What's our next phrase? So, um, the one I want to talk about next is the phrase, to hit the hay. You, uh, you ever say this, Lisa? I have definitely said hit the hay. Do I know where it comes from? Absolutely not. But I know it means to go to bed. Yeah, so there's another variation. You either hit the hay or hit the sack. Both mean to go to bed. Okay. Um, but this is, as you know, has been kind of the theme with some of our phrases lately. This one is extremely literal. All right. They actually mean to go and hit hay. Um, prior to the 1800s, most, and actually during the 1800s, most of, you know, the people were farmers. They, you know, they had to have farms and raise their own cattle and their own, you know, crops and provide for their family that way. And it was very common for a farmer in the middle of the day to need a nap. You know, so they wake up early and they right. long days, long hours. So they would need a hat. So they would go into the barn and just drop down on the hay. And they would go to sleep. That makes sense. Take a little nap with the animals. Yeah, okay. and that was it. Um, and the animals might not even be there. Sometimes they'd be outside the barn, you know, grazing or whatever. But it was comfortable. You didn't have to go inside. You didn't have to dirty the bed with your work clothes. And, you Did know. you just say comfortable? I imagine it's, okay, we're talking about 1800s. Hay is 
probably comfortable. We have a different level of comfort Okay, because I would say, I'll take the bed tonight, and I'll find you a pile of hay, and then we can have a discussion with the listeners to see which one was more comfortable. Compared to the 1800s, our bed did not exist. Our bed vibrates when you want it to, okay? <laughs> they didn't have it. We have, you know, the pillow top, you know, whatever. I, I went to the store and got talked into probably the most expensive bed of all time. But it is comfortable. They didn't have this in the 1800s, okay? So, yeah, the hay was probably up there with their level of comfort. But like I said, their pillow top? Yes. But it was easier than, like I said, going into the house and, you know, getting the floor dirty and the bed dirty and switching out of your work clothes only to have to get back in your work clothes. So, yeah, high noon when the sun is at its worst, go in the barn, get a little shade, plop down on some hay, and you go to bed. So this actually morphs into, you know, hit the sack because as we started to get away from that, you know, into the 1900s, they found, uh, you know, an easier way to make pillows and mattresses would be to stuff a sack with hay or some sort of fabric, you know, and fill it with hay. So it was actually pretty common for a lot of mattresses and pillows to be made out of hay. So now you're not a farmer catching a nap in the barn anymore. You're sleeping in your house, but still on top of hay. All right. Well, I'm glad we've evolved. I like my pillow top that vibrates. Yes. I don't think I want to sleep on hay or fall asleep in a barn. I know you see it in all those seen it in several different movies where they hide in the barn or they're sleeping in a pile of hay. I think we saw it What in... movies are you watching, Lisa? <laughs> okay. Where they're hiding in barns and sleeping in hay. Okay, so we watched Outer Banks with our daughter, and that was that last scene. They were hiding in the horses area, and they fell asleep in the barn with the hay. Okay. So that's where I got it from, okay? All right. Well, I digress. But um, where we see this get popular is something that I, th- I think we're starting to see a pattern. Um, when certain forms of media or celebrity catch on to a phrase, um, there was an Olympic heavyweight boxer at the time um, in 1902 named Sam Berger. And he actually said it to the media after a, a workout session that he was going to go hit the hay. Okay. And that was kind of the first time, you know, what would be at this time uh, an athlete or celebrity had said something. And I just think that's pretty interesting because that is all but commonplace now. God forbid, you know, a Kardashian or somebody posts something on Instagram or, you know, Twitter or a famous celebrity says something or, you know, that then everybody says it or everybody wants to do it. He's, I mean, he's just an Olympic boxer that said he was going to hit the hay and the phrase began to catch on. I just wonder in that situation, I mean, we don't have, we didn't have social media, obviously, back then like we do now, but when he said that, like after his magic, I'm going to go hit the hay. I wonder how many people understood what he meant or other ones that had to kind of try to maybe ask someone that they knew to kind of clarify what they meant. I would imagine they all understood because they were either sleeping on mattresses made of hay okay, or remember a time when their, let's say, father would fall asleep in the barn or something like that. So okay, just I, from, like, context, yeah. Yeah, I would think that they would know. Well, because I just know today with media, like, sometimes our daughter will come home with phrases that she uses or she'll kind of forget she's talking to her parents and not talking to her friends. And I'll have to ask her, like, what in the world does this mean? Because I don't know the newer phrases, unfortunately. So I was just curious if back then, like, if people were unaware of maybe some of the phrases that were being used. I think a phrase like this that's so literal 
it was easy to tell with context, but if you go back to episode two in the 1920 slang, when they're talking about the bee's knees or the cat's pajamas, that might be new hip lingo where the parents of the people saying that had to ask, like we have to ask today. Mm-hmm. But I thought, I think this one's pretty common. Okay. All right. So this leads me into my next phrase. Our third once upon a phrase is sleep tight. Don't let the bed bugs bite. This is disgusting. I hate this phrase. Not for what it stands for, for what it means, just because the bed bugs aspect of it. Yeah, so usually the shorter version of it is sleep tight, right? Yes. Uh, the full phrase is sleep tight, don't let the bed bugs bite. Um, so for all of our listeners, before I go into a little more details about this, it meant to like sleep safely through the night into the morning. But why are they bringing bed bugs into this? Bed bugs is one of those, if you got bed bugs, you got to burn down your house. You got to just start over. Yeah, file the insurance claim, start over, we're moving on. Right, same thing. Uh, it, to me, it's like burning popcorn. Once you burn popcorn, you never get that smell out of the house. Just list it on the market, move to a new town. You're done, so right? Sell as is, you know? Yeah. Oh, that smell's <laughs> not going away. But no, I mean, bed bugs are, I mean, they're hard to get rid of. They're hard to live with. They're hard to deal with. It's, why put bugs in this phrase? Like, where are we throwing bed bugs at in this phrase? Sleep tight was just fine. Yeah, so there was a myth, which is definitely not true, but I thought was an interesting way to look at it. It was a myth um, in the 1700s uh, as a reminder. um, This was used as a reminder to tighten the bed ropes. And bed bugs was said to refer to the bed wrench that you needed to tighten the ropes. And don't let the bed bugs bite was referring to not letting the, the wrench pinch you as you were doing that. But that's total myth. Definitely not what that means. Okay, so just one of those things that I think in the moment maybe people made up. or Yeah, or kind of tried to make sense of. Sure, sure. What it actually means, it kind of goes back to the phrase that you mentioned before. So mattresses, before we have our fancy pillow top down mattresses that we have now, they were made of straw, corn husks, down feathers, or hay. Okay? I think they're still making mattresses out of down feather now, and you can just add a zero to the end of that price. A few zeros, I think, yeah. Yeah. Or at least they're making comforters and pillows out of down. Yeah, definitely. um, You pay for that one. Paid for ours. Um, So, being that it was made of straw, corn husks, right, those things are found outdoors. You're not finding them in a factory. So, due to them being outdoors, there's a chance they have bugs in them. Seems like there's a high chance they have bugs in them. Yeah. So... Um, a possible theory of the sleep tight was referring to that you want it to wear tight clothing to kind of avoid the bugs getting onto you, like getting in under your clothing. So that was one possible theory, which doesn't, that doesn't, I don't buy that one. What do you think? No, I mean, I don't know specifically about bed bugs, but I know like bugs, I don't know, I'm just thinking like cockroaches or something like they can breathe on, they can go underwater for like two minutes or something like. They're resilient. All bugs seem to be extreme. I don't think. I mean, how tight are your pajamas? <laughs> that you're that a I mean, they would have to be literally tight, tight enough to cause the circulation. But even then, I think bed bugs are tiny enough that they can. Well, get that's what under I mean. That. Yeah, we're not even talking about cockroaches, like big bugs, bed bugs, or other bugs that you might find in hay and like straw. Like little ants, or yeah. Sure, little... they are tiny. I don't know that any clothing is tight enough to keep them out, but. I don't know. I, I think the, the first one you said, like tightening the ropes on the bed, um, 
Uh, not not the wrench pinching your hand part, but the first part about that, you know, tightening the ropes. Um, I don't know. I think there's some validity to that. Yeah, so that goes back to another possible theory is that the sleep tight um, referred to keeping the bed tight. So before we have, like, those metal bed frames that we have now or, you know, the the slats, the wooden slats and things that we have now, they had literal ropes that would be used to tighten the bed. And you'd have to frequently tighten them to keep them from sagging, right? So you'd have to literally tighten the bed. So another thought was sleeping tight to keep the bed bugs away. You'd make sure that the bed was tightened so the mattress would be as high up as possible. So it'd be the bed bugs would have to work a little harder to get to you. Oh, to like crawl up from the floor as opposed to like if the ropes aren't tight, you're dangling almost as like like in a hammock. Right. But also that one doesn't work for me either. Like I don't buy into that one because if my mattress is made out of hay, they're probably in the mattress. So whether the mattress is high off the ground or on the floor. Well, maybe it's not a, maybe they're two separate things. Like the sleep tight is meaning keep yourself off the ground. Not for bug purposes, but for comfort purposes. Yes. Um, I can only imagine sleeping on a sagging bed um, would provide, you know, some discomfort. Actually, I know it would. Our, our, our daughter <laughs> has a bed with uh, those wooden slats, and one of them broke, which was my fault because I was standing on her bed trying to hang something up. Um, so it gave her bed a little bit of a, uh, like a sag downward, and she, she said it was uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, so I could definitely see that being uncomfortable. It was said that sometimes... At your home, if you were having guests over, you may forget to tighten the ropes completely to make that sleep for your guests uncomfortable to help them kind of not overstay their welcome. Yeah, I 100% believe people did that. I could absolutely see people making their guests bed a little bit loose, a little bit uncomfortable to get them gone. Right, so it's like, oh, maybe you'll just say one night, not two, you know, or you'll leave a little early. Yeah, I um, I could see why somebody might want to do that. I, I could definitely see that. That that was, I mean, now it's a little harder to kind of kick out unwanted guests because I think all of us now have like a couch someone can spend the night on or maybe a spare mattress or an air mattress, which aren't very comfortable. But it's a little bit better than a sagging, a sagging uh, hay mattress. Disagree. I would 100% sleep on a sagging hay mattress than any air mattress I've ever been on. There's not one air mattress I've ever slept on that was comfortable. Yeah, they're not the most comfortable. If you're by yourself on one, I can see them not being so bad. When I love you to death, but two people on, like, when we've slept on one together, somehow the air starts to push out of it because there's a lot more weight on it. If I've slept on one by myself. What do you mean a lot more weight? I've been working out. Yeah, but there's two <laughs> there's, there's two humans on that mattress. I know, I know. <clears throat> um, I also just don't like the sound they make. In the middle of the night. It always sounds like squeaking plastic. Um, but, no, I don't know. I think a hay mattress, even on a sagging, untightened bed frame. It's more comfortable than an air mattress? I think it could be. I'm sorry. And the only places I've ever seen rope bed frames are in old prison movies. <laughs> and the one I'm just thinking of comes to mind. It's like uh, The Rock with uh, Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage. And he, like, breaks him out of Alcatraz. They, like use the ropes from the mattress to, like, hook the lever on the door. And and I started thinking, like, old prison movies. I'm pretty sure Shawshank Redemption, they were sleeping on old rope beds. 
those mattresses I've seen in the prison movies also look like they're probably made out of hay. Exactly, right? <laughs> they're like, no need to invest in a pillow top. We're nah. dealing with prisoners here. We can stay with the hay. Yeah. Save, save some money. I think we might have cracked this code. <laughs> so I thought it was quite interesting to kind of end this one. It was often a chore given to children to tighten the bedrooms. Yeah, I mean, you got to make them earn their keep. Can you imagine giving our children that chore? Would they, do you think they would do it? No. My daughter slept on that bed with the sag in it because I broke the, the slat for like six months before she told me she needed something new. And it was just. Oh, I think I was the one. I looked in her room. I was like, her mattress is caving in in one part of it. I'm like, I think we need to get her a new bed. And then we asked her. She goes, oh, yeah, it's been like that for a while now. So, yeah, I don't think they would do anything about it. They would just kind of deal. Yeah, agreed. All right, take us home. What do you got for us? All right, our final once upon a phrase is to catch some Zs. So this is, I mean, this is probably the most familiar idiom about sleep there is out there, right? Lisa, you know what it means to catch some Zs? To catch some sleep. I've seen it in, like, comics and TV shows and... Yeah, and this is the... um. I guess this is how you say sleep. You know, it, it's it's supposed to mimic the sound of sleep. Uh, the z z z z z. Doesn't sound like sleep to me. I'll, I'll get there. Right. Okay. So, um, it's supposed to be an onomatopoeia. Which, if you're All not right. familiar, an onomatopoeia is a really fun word to say. But can't I'll, spell it though. I could never spell onomatopoeia. I, I for a million dollars I can spell. I teach figure of language. We introduced it today in my fourth grade classroom, and I. Could not spell it. Spell check doesn't even help me most of the time because I spell it so wrong. So this is what actually piqued my interest about this phrase because it is an onomatopoeia, which is, it's a it's a sound word. Um, except the sound doesn't match what it's supposed to because Z, 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 Z is not the sound people make when they're sleeping. Definitely not the sound of snoring. No, and, well, and that's what it's supposed to mimic, the sound of snoring. Like, so, think, yeah, no. And trust me, I know what snoring sounds like. I have to sleep with Lisa. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I, I, I should have recorded you this weekend. I should have recorded you. You I, I, I had to kick you a few times. You sound like a chainsaw in a blender, okay? Listeners, I think someone's sleeping on the couch tonight. Well, it's better than a hay mattress, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, Henry David Thoreau, um, in his early writings, um, he brought up this sound of Z-Z-Z-Z-Z, but in reference to the dry Zing of locusts. So, yeah. So when he would write about bugs, locusts, insects, um, cicadas, things like that, he referred to it as a dry <clears throat> Zing, Z-I-N-G. Okay. Because that is the sound. I don't know if where you guys are listening from, but we get cicadas here in Chicago. And if you're in other parts of the country, maybe you get locusts or something. The, the Z sound, the Z. Oh, like, listeners, if you can only see my cringy face right now, that sound. Holy moly. I remember our one apartment when we had when we had our roommate. There was one that had gotten into the kitchen. Yeah, somehow a cicada had ended up in the pantry. It got into the kitchen. I know you and our roommate literally read in there because I was screaming bloody murder. Yeah. And we didn't, cl- we couldn't find it. So it was like dead, just like buzzing on the floor. Yeah. Not so, a fan. Um, but this is where we start to see, you know, things mold, right? 
he was referring to it as insects. But over time, that sound got merged with snoring and what it means to sleep. And it just sort of became related because when Thoreau would write about it, that would be the sound, you know, here, he, here in the background during silence. And silence, you know, while you sleep and sort of the sound. Oh. Yeah, the two things begin to. I could um, see that, like on a quiet night. Yeah, like so, while you're trying to fall asleep, that's the sound you hear. You hear the bugs outside. Exactly. Oh. And they would relate that to the sound that represented sleeping. Not, the end of your night when you're fall. Oh, okay, okay. And then the sound of sleeping then became, you know, the sound of snoring. So the Z, 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 Z isn't necessarily to represent snoring, even though that's what it's most commonly linked to today. It's supposed to represent the sound of sleeping, which, as you mentioned, you know, silent night, you hear the bugs in the background. Ah, I didn't think about that. That's totally like when you, even in movies and TV shows, when they're winding down for the night, they're laying down, usually or laying in their bed quietly, you can hear the sounds outside, whether it be chirping of crickets or something, but you yeah. hear the sounds of bugs. Oh, okay. And once again, it took the media to kind of take this over. Not that Henry David Thoreau isn't popular enough, amazing author, but it took comic books to bring this to life. Um, as comic books began to gain popularity, uh, the ZZZZZ thing was something they would do a lot in comic books to represent a sleeping character. A little speech bubbles, yeah. Yeah, and the speech bubbles. And then it went from comic books to comic strips that you would see in the newspaper, and then into advertisements and into um, you know, other forms of literature. And it, it just sort of caught on. And even though that is definitely not the sound you make when you sleep or when you snore, it's still the sound we associate most with sleeping. That is very interesting. I love how media, once media, different forms of media take charge of something, how much it changes. Well, on that note, everyone, thank you for listening. And please remember to follow us on Instagram at Once Upon a Phrase. And don't forget, after you're listening today, to rate, review, and subscribe to keep up with our weekly content. And if you have any tax, accounting, or financial consulting needs, our guys at LT Elite will take care of you. You can visit them at ltelite-cpa.com or call them at 773-481-2401. Mention the podcast and you can get 10% off.